0: Hello and welcome to The Why Podcast, a new series from Think at London Business School in which faculty talk about their research and what it means for you and your business. I'm your host, Cathy Brewis, and for this episode, my guest is Brian Stroby, Assistant Professor of Strategy and Entrepreneurship at LBS. We're going to be looking at his recently published paper, Using Allegations to Understand Selection Bias in Organizations: Misconduct in the Chicago Police Department. The paper begins with a quote from an earlier piece of research. Dishonest acts are rarely randomly detected and recorded, which I took to mean that horrible things can happen and go unnoticed if no one's looking out for them. Brian, thanks for coming on to talk about this. Please misconduct. It's a real hot potato, isn't it? Why did you want to study this?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Cathy. I appreciate being here. I think there's a lot of academic interest in predicting what causes people to behave in a particular way. So there's a long tradition of academic research in that vein, and much of it comes from laboratory studies, which can be run in very controlled environments. And so there's all kinds of questions and theories about why people behave the way they do. And I think what's interesting, or what got me interested in in this project is there's this separate issue that in the real world, we're limited to the data that we're given and the question is really how good is that data or what's the nature of that data and what kind of things might we look at to get a better understanding of its uh, limitations and think about the organizational elements that create that data and maybe improve them in some way so i got interested in this this project in particular because i think there is over the, the last decade here quite a bit of awareness and public discussion around police behavior in particular and a lot of this is related to Uh, one of the largest social movements of the past decade, Black Lives Matter. And the Black Lives Matter movement has kind of highlighted that there may be concerns with how the sample of officers that we see at the end of the process, so, you know, if police behave in a certain way, and that gets documented somehow, and then the public can see that later on, there may be concerns with, is that really representative of how people are actually behaving. And so there's this disconnect potentially in practice between what gets documented and how people actually behave. And that kind of gets to the heart of this question around how good are organizational data? And this is really kind of an organizational question. And so this got me interested in that, you know, we have these academic theories on behavior and we have some theories on what happens at the other end but there hasn't been as much research in this middle stage which is after behavior occurs there's some process that documents that behavior and the concern is if it's noisy you know that's not ideal but the the bigger concern is maybe that documentation is biased in some way so that some behavior gets over documented or under documented or behavior by some individuals is over or under documented or complaints by some individuals is over or underdocumented. under documented so any of any of these kind of um, outcomes would pose a problem for our ability as researchers or even the public to look at the output of these kind of systems and draw meaningful conclusions about what we really care about, which is underlying behavior, the distribution of that underlying behavior, what we can do to change behavior. That's very difficult to do if the data on that behavior, in this case, you know, some type of misconduct or some type of violation of organizational policies, if that's not being accurately documented, that's a big problem. So that's kind of the inspiration to look at this question in this particular setting.
0: Yeah, because we hear a lot about individual behavior. And then we also hear about organizations and the sort of criticisms leveled at them. But you're looking at the kind of what happens in between, aren't you? The sort of process from an allegation being made to the point where it's being deemed as misconduct or not.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. You know, the um, the outcome is kind of a decision uh, on an individual was this behavior kind of right or wrong? Was it okay in this organizational environment? But there's a a process that leads up to that. And that's where this paper is really trying to shine light on allegations as a unique unit of analysis or kind of an important unit of analysis in themselves. So it's not just the behavior itself that matters. Obviously, this is kind of the starting point in, in what we care about most. But in terms of research and in terms of the public, this allegation process of something occurred and then something gets officially documented as good or bad could be very interesting in its own right if that process is not working maybe the way that people think it's working or has different biases in terms of how things are, are being evaluated that would cause concern in terms of our ability to act on these kind of data.
0: And this organization is a a police force, but obviously the findings in theory could apply to any organization. And most firms at the moment are thinking quite carefully about their own policies for identifying and then reporting misconduct.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. The basic question here is what process exists? So if we go back to the starting point, there are some behaviors that we want to um, encourage and there are some that we want to discourage in any organization. And sometimes those are organizational norms or organizational policies or goals. Sometimes those are laws. And based on those, we design some type of process to say, if there's some violation of these things, we have a way that we would hopefully be aware of it, and then we can act on it to hopefully correct the situation. And a lot of that is going to be centered around some type of organizational process that can collect complaints or collect allegations that something has happened. Uh, Then the organizational element is, first off, how do you design that? How do you collect these things? How do you decide which are valid? How do you make determinations on how to act on those things? And then how do you decide what happens to these valid complaints? So hopefully, thinking about this a little bit more deliberately can help an organization that wants to unbiasedly document behavior to do that potentially more efficiently or more effectively.
0: So the misconduct in question that you were looking at was obviously very serious. It includes police officers shooting members of the public. There was a fatal shooting in 2015 and the US Department of Justice launched its own investigation and concluded that the Chicago PD's accountability systems were, quote, broadly ineffective at detecting or deterring misconduct and at holding officers accountable, which is pretty unimpressive. So you analysed... 28,588 allegations of misconduct against them, four and a half years' worth of information. How did you get that? How did you analyse it? And what exactly were you trying to find out?
1: So the Chicago Police Department is one of the largest departments in the country. And these data historically had not been easily accessible. I think one interesting aspect of this is transparency can be important in kind of understanding uh, how effective of these kind of systems are so. In the Chicago Police Department example, there was a uh, a local group called the Invisible Institute that filed a series of lawsuits that eventually led to subsequent waves of subsets of data being released. And so, what I look at in this paper is about twenty eight thousand allegations that span a four and a half year period. Twenty eight thousand allegations sounds like a lot, and, and it is. And I think it's worth noting here that you know an allegation a complaint of some type of problem is not an unusual organizational occurrence. In 2012, there were about 12,000 police officers in the Chicago Police Department. And from these data, we can see during this four and a half year period, most officers have at least one allegation filed against them. So this is not kind of an unusual thing. This is something that the you know the organization has a system to deal with and, and to process. So even though there's 28,000 allegations spanning this full period, if we look, there's only about 38% uh, of those that named a specific officer and had an affidavit filed by the complainant. So that's kind of an organizational policy that is required for investigating a a particular complaint. So we're already down to a a smaller subset. And then if we look at the number of sustained allegations out of this full pool, it's, it's around 750 sustained allegations. So there's a lot of data here, Um, That we kind of go through this funnel to get down to the individuals that we would look at from the outside and say, okay, you know, they broke some type of organizational policy. And, you know, there's a huge range of behaviors in these data, ranging from the very, very serious, like operational violations, things inside the department, things that an organization doesn't want to occur. And so they have this system for dealing with. And so what I do in the paper then is attempt to look for patterns within this allegation process starting with somebody makes a complaint or makes an allegation against a specific officer, ending with that complaint is either validated or not. And eventually, if it's validated, what happens in punishment. And so in practice, what that involves is running a series of of regressions, essentially predicting the outcome of each of these stages while controlling for other potentially confounding explanations. So that involves like running a regression to predict the severity of punishment.
0: Can you just explain what a regression is when you say running a regression? What does that mean?
1: So I think the easiest way to explain a regression in this context is thinking about a statistical model that's going to predict something while ruling out, not entirely, but potentially some other explanations. So in this context, what we're interested in is, are there things that we wouldn't necessarily ex-ante think should be associated with the outcomes at these different levels, so the severity of punishment, the accrual of allegations, whether an allegation was sustained, that nevertheless have some statistical correlation here, some association, even when we control, for example, the geography of where that officer is working, or we control for the category of the allegation. Once we account for those, is there still some type of statistical relationship between these variables? And so what I do in the paper is run a few of these different statistical tests. So the first that's going to start at the output, which is somebody is found to have done something. So there was an allegation made and and that officer was found to have done something wrong. What predicts the severity of punishment? If you look at the officer level, what predicts whether one officer has more allegations than another officer? What predicts whether uh, a specific allegation was sustained or not? Based on the characteristics of of the officer, the characteristics of the allegation itself, the characteristics of the complainants. Uh, And from that, I find things that can't conclusively tell us what's happening during this process, but start to highlight that there may be some concerns related to the process itself. So for example, Black officers received allegations at rates similar to white officers, but they were more likely to have them sustained. And allegations made by Black complainants were less likely to be sustained than those made by white complainants. And of course, these data are imperfect to the extent that we can't see the the very, very rich detail of the the scenario as it played out. This is true of all data. We can't ever observe the true behavior. But we can look at this and say, there are some potentially concerning patterns in these data that might make us want to dig deeper to figure out, is this punishment an accurate representation of that underlying behavior? So these allegations primarily are coming from the community, like people just who have general interactions with police officers, but they can also come from inside the department. So police officers alleging that a a colleague has, has done something wrong. And, and if you look at that, you know, how highly correlated that attribute is. So an allegation comes from a, a fellow officer versus not, you know, that's one of the starkest correlations in that that's very predictive of whether an allegation is going to be sustained. So who's making the allegation matters quite a bit. And, you know, maybe that's not particularly surprising, but it could be cause for for concern, depending on our assumptions about each side of this equation. So who's making allegations and and who's receiving allegations here.
0: And just to be really clear, so the statistical analysis that you did here, you're you're sort of literally kind of crunching the numbers in some way. And you're not making any kind of assumptions at all about what's going on. You're just literally looking to see what's known and finding patterns within that.
1: That's correct. Each research methodology has its own um, strengths and limitations. Um, you know, in a laboratory study, typically the researcher is manipulating something experimentally. And Kathy, when you come to the lab, you get one thing. And when I come to the lab, I get something else and it's totally random. The limitation of that is you are constrained to what you can do in a laboratory in terms of mimicking behavior that we care about in the real world. So the advantage of a data set like this and the kind of methods I use in this paper is these are real behavior, these are real complaints, and this is not kind of artificial in any way. So in terms of the statistical analysis, what we're doing is interpreting correlations that might be consistent with theory or might be consistent with other evidence and might warrant additional follow-up or maybe even designing laboratory experiments based on this kind of results to extend them. The main results are, in essence, sophisticated correlations between whether an allegation is sustained and the race of an officer or whether an allegation is sustained and the race of the complainant who made that allegation. So we can't say with certainty that the process is doing one thing or the other. But when you start triangulating, and while I was doing the study, the Department of Justice was also doing a formal investigation into the department. And so you can start to triangulate you know, what might be happening here. And I think There is some concern that these correlations are related to something in terms of how the allegations themselves are being handled or being collected that's separate from just general noise or something like this. You know, the the Department of Justice found that, as you quoted at the very beginning of the episode here, the policies really weren't at the level they, they should have been in terms of how complaints are handled and how behavior is evaluated in this particular context.
0: So how does this relate to the business context and management setting policies for their organization around, you know, whether it's trying to find discrimination or or bullying or, you know, all these kind of behaviors that nobody really wants. And yet, you know, they obviously are still prevalent.
1: I think that the general organizational implications here are to first kind of step back and think our main Motivation for dealing with these problems is thinking about how do we change behavior, and so we set up policies or norms or rules, and oftentimes those policies might be designed to directly change that behavior. But we also want to think about, you know, how do we even know whether there's a problem, whether it's, and the extent of that problem, and a lot of these policies might also change how behavior is observed or how it's documented. And so that can go kind of in both directions. If you look at a case like a police department that might have a problem similar to what the Department of Justice has been looking at, one explanation for that is around organizational culture. And we think, well, organizational culture kind of encourages a certain type of behavior, and that's true. But the problem may actually be even worse than that, in that that culture might also change how behavior is evaluated and recorded. So not only could it increase undesirable behavior, but it could also decrease the chance that behavior is observed. So as a manager, this is kind of the worst case scenario. And so I think as organizations, it's just important to step back and think about this question of how we document things and what we know is potentially a little more complicated and messy than it looks at first glance. And of course if it does lead to these kind of potential organizational biases and how these behaviors are evaluated, this becomes heightened by the fact that, of course, to even have these systems work, you need people willing to step forward and report what they think might be problematic behaviors. But if people believe that these systems are, are biased, then of course, that's going to lead them to report at lower rates. So you might not even have the reporting going on. So the, the worse these systems are, <laughs> it's kind of a dangerous spiral here. So I think, Thinking about this allegation process, the people who need to make the complaints when they think there are problems, the people who need to evaluate the complaints are important elements in this, even if the main focus is often the behavior or the potential for behavior within an organization. We need to think about these other elements as well when we think about this from the perspective of a, of a data problem. You know, How do we know what's happening? How would we observe what's happening? And how can we make sure that that observation, that ultimate data is, is not biased so that We can act on it. We can make organizational decisions based on it. I think this is part of the larger public discussion around police behavior in particular is that maybe the way these things are documented or being recorded is not optimal. And, you know, that's kind of the first step before we can really even know the extent of problems is how do we make sure the system itself is being unbiased in terms of documenting what's really happening here.
0: Right. So something around making these systems fair requires sort of more transparency in the first place and being able to actually track the data and for these patterns to sort of come to the fore more obviously.
1: Yeah, I think transparency is an interesting piece of this. And if you look at some organizational policies, such as if you have a dispute with an employer, or you have some kind of dispute inside the organization, you know, some organizations use these mandatory arbitration agreements. And that kind of prevents others from being able to see patterns, it might prevent the organization from being able to see patterns across the system. Because at the end of the day, this is really about trying to make inferences at a population, at a distribution of of events. You know, Is there something odd here? Or do we think that on the whole, the system works the way we think? So it's, it's less about individual behavior and individual complaints than it is about... That's kind of the nature of all these kind of statistical analysis like I use in this paper is, you know, it's not saying anything about a particular or a specific complaint or allegation or officer, but it's saying something about distribution. So as, as a whole, do we think that these patterns are unusual or not? And so you really need to create data sets. You can't kind of treat these as, as one-off events and handle everything in, in isolation to know whether the system itself is is working. You really have to be able to step back, analyze data kind of holistically to be able to know whether this might be a problem or not in a particular context.
0: And it it does seem to kind of come down to culture, doesn't it? Because as you said, people won't make complaints in the first place if they don't feel that they're going to be handled in such a way that sort of justice will be done at the end of it.
1: Yeah. This issue of culture is important from a number of dimensions. One being it encourages or discourages certain behavior. Two being it encourages or discourages the interpretation or the documentation of that behavior. And three is exactly what you said here, which is it encourages or discourages, I think is the, the bigger worry, people from stepping forward to make that initial complaint if they believe that it's not going to be, you know, for example, taken seriously. And I think, you know, if you look at other social movements, they have this element of allegation dynamics um in them as well. So, you know, if you look at the Me Too movement, it's not that Individuals weren't necessarily aware of behaviors, but kind of collectively, these individual experiences hadn't been documented in a way that it was easy enough to to look at and say, okay, there's something likely wrong here that deserves further attention. And as soon as you see these people coming forward, oftentimes this process will start to move much quicker because we start to see at a population level, it's easier to see that, okay, there's probably something wrong in the culture of this particular organization if all of these people collectively have these complaints. And many of them from some of the stories we hear rightfully didn't expect those complaints historically to be taken seriously or to be evaluated impartially. And so again, this gives back to this idea of how do you set up systems that people feel comfortable, believe that the system is not going to be biased, so that you can start feeding in the kind of raw materials of this process to hopefully identify the behaviour early enough that it doesn't cause long-term problems for, for other people, for the organisation, for society.
0: Cool. So the sort of punchline, I think, as you as you said, is that if you, if you care about how people are behaving and you care about holding them to account, bearing in mind there are always going to be some people who do behave badly, so it's not that you can kind of entirely eradicate it. But you're saying that this area in between what people do and them being held to account or not is something that organizations could really pay more attention to.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great summary. This likely exists in almost every setting where there's some kind of ambiguity about how people do their jobs, where things can go wrong. What does that process look like for documenting that? I think people can step back and, and ask that. What does it currently look like? And maybe start to look at the data to say, are there signs that this is or is not working the way we think it's working? And can we potentially think about ways to improve it at the heart of this really being is what we are documenting. Do we think that is actually unbiasedly representative of what's actually happening? And hopefully steps can be taken to improve it if it's not.
0: Great. Well, I think um, there's, that has to be some kind of progress, doesn't it? That people at least are asking these questions and trying to improve these situations. So if you're the head of a people team, you need to look at, whether your process treats people equally, whether people feel comfortable with the process so they'll make these allegations or complaints so they feel they can file complaints in the first place if they need to. And is it set up so any sort of patterns might come to light?
1: I think the first thing that you can ask yourself is, what happens if someone has a problem in my organization? Who do they report it to? How do they report it? The second thing is, what happens once that gets reported? And the third thing is, is how are those things evaluated and how are they acted on? And you can ask this kind of in general terms, it's obviously useful, but also more specifically in terms of data, how many people are reporting these kind of things? What's actually happening? How are these things followed up on? And so that's the process itself. And maybe there are opportunities to improve that process. And it's also useful To step back and start trying to at least make some inferences around, do we think that people are comfortable in this process? If not, then even if we think the system to evaluate problems is unbiased and we think it works well, if people don't believe that, then the system itself can't work optimally because you're not going to have things being reported that should be. And so these things all get wrapped up together. The other thing to consider is, you know, is this working I think this is kind of the, the big picture is, you know, once we have the data, once we look at the data, is this system really unbiased? Does it treat everyone equally? So are junior and senior employees treated equally? If we think of other characteristics, do different groups get equal treatment throughout each stage of this process? And once you've sat down and once you've had somebody, you know, this data, these are questions that you can at least start to get some initial answers to and potentially dig into deeper as you consider what role this might have in your own organization.
0: Great. Thanks so much again for coming on and elucidating your research. It's been really interesting.
1: Thank you, Cathy. I appreciate it.
0: The Why podcast is brought to you by the editorial team at Think at London Business School. Follow us here for more episodes on iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud. And for more faculty research insights, go to london.edu forward slash think. You can also sign up there for our free regular email newsletter to get tips, tools and news for our alumni direct to your inbox and finally don't forget to leave us a review or rating that helps new listeners find us thanks so much for listening and have a great day